Wow. I love chips. Thank you. I'm gonna mute myself every time I eat a chip, okay? So don't be like, oh my god, why is B Natural muted? Anyway, so this is an Animorphs Book Club podcast. We're gonna read the Animorphs books and we're gonna talk about one them eat one one each episode. And I, I haven't read the books, but B Natural has. And uh yeah. You've read the first three now. That's true, yeah. You, you're uh, uh you're, you're like a one twenty second of the way done. Um, my name is B Natural. I'm a war prince. My name is Batter. I'm an Aris. My name is Mustard. Oh, I, I'm I'm Stir. Hi, I'm a uh, a, how do you pronounce that? Aris. Aris. Something like that. I'm also one of those. So this is this is book three. We read the third. Oh, uh, Kugabing isn't here because his puberty uh, was too intense. Yeah, I pray for him every day. Okay, so uh, this book, uh, Tobias is the narrator, and he's he's a hawk forever, uh, and he can't tell you his last name. That's very important. Tobias is flying around, and he frees a caged bird, which is being used as a mascot for this car dealership during a live commercial, and then he has Rachel help him by turning into an elephant and stompy stomping on the cars on live TV. And then he, they meet up with the other Animorphs and the Animorphs all get mad at them for being dumb and smashing cars on live TV. Then Tobias flies around and he notices this huge invisible ship that's in the sky and then uh, he tells the others about it and they go to check it out as wolves. And they go to the area where it was, it's like by the mountains and uh, there they see a bunch of human controllers pretending to be park rangers with guns and kicking people out of the forest area, and hawk pajeras are with them. And then the giant ship becomes visible for a while, and uh, it's really, really big, and uh, it sucks up water in this lake up into the ship. And uh, and they're like, oh yeah, that must be the ship where the Yurks collect water and oxygen to bring it to the mothership up in the up in orbit. So uh, the wolves, and they start running out of time to so head back home. And then Tobias sees the hawk that he freed, and he flies with her. And then he freaks out and goes emo for a little bit. Uh, and then the other animals, who are wolves, run into another pack of wolves, and they deal with that. And then they're running out of time because they only have two hours to stay in wolf. And then Tobias looks at a clock, and he's like, oh, it's been it's seven minutes past the time limit. And then the others try to morph back, but they have trouble, but they're able to do it. And then Tobias thinks about how he's a hawk forever, and he gets emo and flies away again. And uh, Tobias lives in Jake's attic, and one night he can't sleep, so he flies over to Rachel's house and talks about his problems. And uh, Rachel's like, oh, one day the Andalites will come back, and they'll turn you back into a human. So then all the animals come up with this plan, where they're going to try to turn off the cloaking device while the ship is in the air, so then everyone will see the aliens. So they're going to turn into fish and get sucked up by the water, so they try to do this, uh, and Tobias has an episode where he flies in a mall and tries to kill himself or something. Can I say I was shocked by that part? I was like, whoa, I don't remember that. So Tobias tries to kill himself as a hawk, but then he, he tries to smash into this glass ceiling in a mall, but then Marco throws a baseball at the ceiling and lets him out instead. And then he flies around, and he just is a hawk for a few days and just lives a hawk life. Uh, but then he sees like a hawk pajura chasing someone, and he's like, oh, man, look at that. Uh, so a predator chasing its prey. And he's like, wait a minute. That's a human in a hawk pajuras. I'm a human. I need to save that guy. So he saves him, and then he goes back to the other animorphs. And uh, they go up to the mountains. 
and uh, Akoyo Fish. Yeah, they, they try to catch some fish and they're really bad at it. So there's aliens that were in the, the lake. This time there's more of them and they have like helicopters and stuff. And also Visor 3 is there and the aliens have deadly laser guns. And they're like, oh man, since we saved, since Tobias saved that human, they must like have, they must have increased security. So then they turn into fish, but they can't just like, or they, they plan to just be human and then run in the lake and transform. But they're aliens with laser guns, disintegration laser guns. So they can't do that. So they turn into fish in this cave that they're hiding in. And then Tobias carries them one by one and drops them in the lake. And then they get sucked up by the thing. Then then the, the aliens are like, hey, that hawk, he's being pretty suspicious. So they start shooting at it. Then the other animorphs who are in the ship at this point, they're like, hey, Tobias, we're stuck in here. And he's like, oh, that's bad. And then Tobias gets shot at. And uh, they're like, hey, Tobias, we're stuck. We're just going to die, okay? That's cool. Just make sure we don't like get captured. Maybe take the ship down. So then he, uh, the, the, the aliens are shooting at Tobias, and they can't shoot him right now because he's in front of the ship, and they don't want to shoot the giant ship. Uh, and then he flies on top of the ship, and aliens come out of it. They have these laser guns. And then Tobias steals one of the guns, and he shoots the ship a bunch. And then the ship crashes into a helicopter, and all the water falls out, or some of it, and the animorphs who are human in this tank, they all come out, and then they turn into hawks and fly away. Oh, also, uh, the bird that Tobias saved gets shot by a laser and dies. And then Tobias goes to Rachel's house and they talk about his feelings. I, I like how at the end when Tobias is talking to Rachel about his feelings and then he mentions like, I knew I was human when I realized how, how sad I was that she was killed. See, a hawk wouldn't care. If she had been my mate, I would have missed her, been disturbed. And I was like wondering how Rachel like reacted like, oh, uh, Tobias, what did you do with her? Why do you think she's your mate? Yeah, that was going to get a bit weird there, I could tell. What do you want him to do? He can't he can't exactly, you know, go screw a human. I mean, he could. Uh, anyway, let's go back to the beginning. Uh, I don't think it, a hawk would be able to pleasure a human. He'd have to use his beak. I don't know, it might cut her. Who said it was a her? Guys, stop talking about hawk sex with the podcast. That's what this <laughs> book is about. This book is... They, they should have called this book The Hawk Sex. There's no hawk sex in this book. This book is just pure hawk sex. <laughs> it's just Tobias having hawk sex with this hawk for like the entire time. And then the has the animorphs thought speak and they're like, ah, oh, Tobias, help. We, we're going to die. And he's like, oh, shit, I got to go save my friends. But I got I'm in the middle of this hawk sex, you know, and, and then he does. And then he goes back. To, but then he goes back to have hawk sex. But she's dead. So he's like, well, crap, I guess I got to be an animorph now and like help save the world or whatever. God. Yeah, I'm surprised by how different the first three books have been. Like they've all been pretty different. This book was my favorite out of all three, definitely. This was nowhere near as good as The Visitor. No, this book was way better than The Visitor. The Visitor, I hated like half of it. The Visitor was awesome. The, the Visitor made the melodrama sound stupid, but this book like made the melodrama cool. And what do you mean The Visitor was awesome? Because she runs from a rock monster. This book, he like blows up a ship for Pete's That's sake. so stupid. That was so stupid. This book had a lot of stupid stuff in it, I think, that the second book didn't have. How is this book stupider than the second book? The plan was stupid the whole time. The plan was so stupid. It was like, oh, stupid, gonna... but like... In every chapter, okay. the plan got stupider because more problems started happening. They're like, oh yeah, let's get sucked up in the ship. And it's like, how do you know being sucked up in the ship is going to lead you to the control panel to yeah what if it leads to a big blender what if it leads to a big blender where they just blend all the fish together in the water i know that's what i was thinking 
Like they have no idea where the suction cup leads. How do they even know that's what the water is used for? It could just go into the ship's engine and like fuel the ship or something. They don't know. Maybe it goes yeah. in the ship's toilet. And then it just got yeah. more dangerous and more dangerous. It's like, oh no, this is still a great plan. We need to go through with this. It's just every chapter of the plan got more stupid and it was dumb. It's a great plan. It's because they're going to run out of time. And they're like, oh, they're just going to find the lake and we won't know. We won't be able to find them again. I thought of several things they could have done differently to make this plan not so stupid. They could have had one person turn into a fish and had them go up in case so that they don't all have to die or whatever. Okay, listen, the, 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 these people are very close. I think, if I think the thought process is, you know, the captain goes down with his friend animals. You know, if, if one dies, they're all dying. If they wanted that to be a thing, they should have put it in the book. But as it is, it sounds like they didn't think of it. They didn't want to think about dying. Here's another thing. I bet when they ran into that grate, they were like, oh, no, there's a grate there. <laughs> Who would have thought? Why? You know, I bet they're glad that they decided that it was too creepy to morph bugs now. Like, I'm glad they never acquired bugs. What bugs would drown, wouldn't they? No, they're a bug. Nobody bugs. acquired a bug except for Jake. I was poor planning, but you know what? You, not every plan can be flawless. Jake should. Okay, well, at least when they all got up there, this plan was so flawed. <laughs> like, not every plan can be flawless, but this is ridiculous. Jake, once they got up there and saw the grate, Jake could have turned into a flea or probably even like an anole. And then he, he could have gone up there and like he could have done whatever it was they were going to do and possibly saved them. But then he was like, nah, I'm just going to, nah, no, we're, we're, I'm just going to die. And then, okay, and then another dumb part was that the entire, like, the, the entire reason that Tobias is even able to, like, not be immediately killed also is because the Yurks apparently only have one type of gun with one setting, and that setting is cut through any material indefinitely. Okay, so sometimes the gun is just instant, like, the deal is just instantly vaporized and his body was gone, and sometimes it does that, and sometimes it just cuts through stuff like a laser, and it didn't seem consistent. From a dude's body isn't made out of metal. Of course it's not going to cut through the thing as fast. No, 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 but the deal is I understood they shot the deal and it was gone immediately. It just vaporized. It wasn't, it wasn't gone. Based on, on, okay, no, with the metal thing, in, in book one and two, I think, they shot the Andalite spaceship and they shot the land mover and both of those dissolved. It's not based on metal unless like those things just happen to be so dirty that they have enough life on them to vaporize. Someone had fired a Dracon beam. I looked and saw a deer in mid-leap sizzle and disappear. Yeah, it sizzled stuff and made it disappear. That's but when they shot the bird, it just like it just shot through its wing and it fell and died. Oh, uh, they were using a big. They were using a bigger gun. Yeah, they're using a bigger gun. It only they only shot its wing. It, when they shot the when they shot the uh, deer, they were going like they were like going. You can't see what I'm doing, but it's they're like. They were like holding the gun and they were like waving it around in like a spiral. Okay, maybe. Okay, I guess. It just seemed you have to hold down the button for it to vaporize. Okay, got but it. Tobias did like hold down the button to shoot the ship. Yeah, because that, but that's a, well, let's see, it's a ship. So he, all he had, and okay, and that's another thing I had a problem with. Okay, so you think it's a good idea? It's Yerks. Think it's a, like it's okay, fine, whatever. Like they're 13, they don't make the best plants. But do you think these Yerks who are like super advanced? You think they, they think it's a good idea to only have one type of weapon to carry around and they just give this weapon to any idiot who's, you know, any idiot lackey person who's just patrolling the area and who can accidentally just, like, take down the entire ship? No, that guy was not even close to taking down the entire ship. 
the only time one of their soldiers was dumb enough to shoot the ship was when he was trying to shoot Tobias, and then he missed. Yeah, and then it was like a tiny happened. hole. It didn't. It didn't even do anything. It was just a tiny hole. But no, nobody's dumb enough to just like point the gun at the ship and then just like hold it down so that it explodes. It seems like. I mean, that just seems like a big safety thing. But listen, uh, what else are they gonna do? They want to have powerful weapons, right? Get a gun. <laughs> get, get have multiple types of weapons. They could just have. Maybe they do have multiple weapons, but you know the animals don't know that. Well, they didn't use them. They have one weapon that makes things sizzle and disappear, and one that's just a laser gun. Maybe they have multiple weapons, but the but they only have one type of weapon attached to their ship. But at the end of the book, the whole Tobias is like, "Oh, I know. I'm just gonna sit on top of their ship, and then they're not gonna fire at me." Yeah, because they can't c- come out of their ships to fire. Maybe their ships no. only have one type what? of gun, like attached to the outside of the ship. That seems reasonable. No, there were like helicopters shooting him. The helicopters probably have super powerful guns. Listen, I would have just loved for Tobias to land on that ship, and then they, and then, <laughs> and then he's like, "Well, they only can't get me here because they don't want to hit their precious ship." And then some human controller sticks his head out of the helicopter and throws a rock at him, and he dies. Like they—that's <laughs> not what happened. It should have. What's what should have happened? They should have more than one. They should have more than one type of gun that so that they can sh- they can do this exact thing so they can shoot at animals without worrying about taking it down their own super powerful equipment i have a question yeah what? so like this this ship was like not invisible when all this was happening right so like where yeah. was it it was just in the sky in the mountains and no one could see it from there i guess yeah it was just above the lake i guess it was just far away enough that no one... far away. yeah behind mountains yeah they had to like as wolves walk for like an hour and a half to get there so they have mountains where does this book take place they're giving you so many hits Cassie's farm has a lot of open grass areas, and it borders on a national forest. The national forest goes on forever. It stretches from the edge of town all the way up into the mountains. It's all pines and oaks and elms and birches. That's so, like, that, you, <laughs> I feel like they've narrowed it down so much at this point. Yeah, but you don't know the last name. <laughs> they make sure of that. Hey, is every single book in the series going to start with, Hi, my name is Jake. I can't, or whatever his name is, whoever the name uh-huh. is, I can't tell you my last name. Like, every single book. Like, it was cute the first yeah. few times, and it's like, wait, is every book going to have this? Maybe only the first five books are going to have that. Well, what's wrong with it? Well, okay, but is every gonna book going to completely recap the entire series from that point onward? Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Why? Because these books are written, in theory, for anyone to be able to pick them up and read anyone they want, even though that wouldn't actually Do be Do you want to talk about good. the first scene? Okay. Are live car are live car dealer commercials a thing? Yeah, I think so. I don't think that's a thing. I don't no, think that's a thing. I, I, I thought it was, I think it is. Yeah, it totally is. Yeah, like they go on the air. No, they tape it. Why would you have a live one? That does how is that any better than just recording it beforehand and editing it? This book, I like it more than the other ones, but I'm gonna admit it's not perfect. I think the opening scene is kind of stupid. It's very stupid. Hey, why would he have an actual hawk? That's dumb. Get us something is? easier, like a parrot or like a canary or something. Because no, his name is Hawk. His last name's Hawk. Why would they just like let it fly away? They they would have like been they would have kept it so that it doesn't fly away, right? It's in a cage. That's the cage. They're not going to break its legs. I'm not going to say break its legs, but they can they can clip its wings to make it not fly, right? That is not a good looking mascot. You want some nice, big, beautiful wings that aren't clipped for your mascot. They can't see the wings if it's in a cage. Maybe the cage is big. Maybe sometimes they take it out and put it on a big, in a bigger cage where it can spread its wings. Maybe they don't think people will notice. 
You know, maybe this guy just really doesn't want to feel mess with a hawk. Also, wouldn't the hawk have been raised in captivity? No. Like, that just seems very dangerous to just have a wild hawk with you. Well, it's in a cage. No, I mean, he would have to let it out sometimes, right? No. No, they just keep it in there full time? Yeah. Why do they have to clean the cage out? They don't. It's animal abuse. Oh my gosh. I don't like how all of these books are opening with like, oh, animal abuse is just, is, is just is bad. This one didn't strike me as abuse though. He's just keeping a bird in a cage and then they like, the elephant like breaks like thousands of dollars worth of cars and stomps on them. Like throwing someone's gun at a lake, it's like, yeah, yeah, okay, sure, he shouldn't be shooting the gun, but he wasn't using a car to shoot animals. He's he had it in a cage, like... I was like, okay, fine, sure, Tobias is trying to break a hawk out of a cage because he's a hawk, and he's doing it as a hawk, fine. But then why... <laughs> but then they were like, oh, and then Rachel's coming in. I, th- I assume she would be, like, an eagle, so she would, like, also not look really... <laughs> why is Rachel always a freaking elephant? Why can't she just change it to something that would be part of the normal wildlife? You can't stomp cars as a hawk. An elephant is so suspicious. And then, and then they escape by Rachel just like going. It, it, it explicitly says that Rachel just goes into an empty lot that's kind of shrubby, and nobody like watches an elephant go into an empty lot. And then, in a few minutes later, a human comes out with no shoes on. The media would have been all over that. She just takes the freaking bus home. Like, why doesn't she? Like, I was at least like, come on, you guys are so stupid. At least turn into a bird and fly home or something. Like, don't. <laughs> Walk, don't walk out of the bush as your normal self with your identity and everything all out in the open and from the same place that the elephant just came from and then take the bus. Don't do that. No. One thing I thought was weird is that when the hawk is trying to let the other hawk out of a cage, one guy just like takes a wrench and swings at it at Tobias. Yeah, that's what you do. That's, that's not good imagery for like your TV. Yeah, but they gotta get the hawk to go away. Look at this live show, this guy hitting a hawk with a wrench. Like that's What do you want him to do? Slap it with his hands? You don't hit a hawk with a wrench on live TV when your mascot is a hawk. That's like actual <laughs> Look, they didn't expect this situation to be to be playing out. They you know, it's just a good a knee-jerk reaction. He wasn't thinking about his personal image. He was just trying to not die, dude. The other day my sister was watching American Ninja Warrior, and they always have a gimmick. And this guy's gimmick was that he was a turkey farmer, and then it like showed footage of him in his turkey farm, which was like a concentrated animal feeding operation. So they were all they were they, they were just like the most unhealthy looking turkeys you've ever seen, with their feathers falling out and everything. Like they were just like the picture of animal abuse. There were uh, thousands of them stuck in this tiny little barn, and they were showing that on American Ninja Warrior as like, oh, look at this guy's fun job, and he was just like walking around with the turkeys. So I just thought, I don't think people. So you don't think this is unrealistic. Yeah, I don't think it's universally, like, condemned. No, yeah, I didn't see any problem. I didn't think it was unusual, anything, except the stuff that the Animorphs did and the fact that he hit a hawk with a wrench. Those are the only things I thought were weird. No, I thought this whole thing was weird. People have pet birds that they keep in cages. I, I just think it's weird that they would have a hawk. I mean, like, hawk goes with his last name and all, but it's just like, a hawk? It just seems like a really dangerous bird. Well, that's what makes it cool. No, one, no one's gonna be like, "Oh man, look at that mascot! It's a pigeon. We should buy cars from there." <laughs> yeah, exactly. I know a person who owned a pet ostrich. So yeah, it's pretty easy for humans to get their hands on whatever animal they want, basically. By the way, uh, when Rachel was turning back into a human, it said that her vopey towel was sucked up like a piece of spaghetti. I wrote down that quote also. Hey, why is morphing like two hours? And like, how did the Andalite know that two hours was like a unit of measure that we use? Like, it seems arbitrary. Yeah, I think it w- I, when I was reading this book, I'm thinking, you know, it, w- it would have been better if, like, t- 
Tobias left and then he like he was like about to change back like in the first book when he got stuck he he like noticed that he got stuck like exactly at the two hour mark like he like he like saw, saw like a clock and he was trying to change back but he couldn't that would have been like really dramatic and cool and that would have been a good way of them t- letting them know instead of just like the angel like just telling them and then you know in the same exact book it happens although that was like that was kind of cheap but it would have been cool if they had found it out actually by themselves uh, well, no, that'd be bad, because then they wouldn't know what they're getting into. Yeah, they would have all gotten stuck, right? They would all be stuck. I feel like if you're an Andalite and you're giving people this power and you're hoping that for them to, like, be able to save the world with them, like, the first thing you'd want to tell them is don't get stuck as, like, a freaking fish. I just thought it was weird that it was two hours, because, like, two hours is just, like... In this book especially, it just did not seem long enough. It just seems, like, arbitrary. Like, like how are they supposed to get anything done in two hours? Like, ours don't exist on other planets, really. Like, that's just a thing we made up. He just knows. He just knows. I'm, I'm sure the Andalite, like, did his... This is a, the uh, the print, so I'm sure he did his research on Earth time and what would make sense to them. So he just converted to ours and then... Yeah. I guess. So then uh, Tobias is talking about... Um, well, first, Tobias like gives us a recap of every single character and what they're about, and he, he even I think he even says like Marco and Jake are complete opposites, but they're still friends. I think they said that in the last book too, and I was just and I was just like the it's like the author just copy pastes her notes from her word document about what are what what the characters are into each book. Her description of the uh, centipede aliens I don't remember which one they are like seems familiar to me. I, they're all, like nearly identical every book. I like the part where uh, to- Tobias was trying to find his uh, wolf friends, the animorphs, and he was like, oh yeah, I saw them, all five of them were just chilling out, and then I found them. And then he was like, oh wait, five? Hang on. <laughs> yeah. I didn't even notice he counted them beforehand. Yeah, I thought it was cool that he, he like said, oh yeah, all five of my friends were down there. Tobias explains in this book why nobody cares that he's gone, and I thought that was sad. Like, he was just like, each of them, my uncle and my aunt, thought I was staying with the other. I had no idea how long that trick would hold up before one of them figured out I wasn't in either place. I guess when they realize it, they'll call the cops and report me as a runaway. Or maybe they won't even bother. I liked every scene where, where Tobias is being emo. There's there's very few points where I was like, okay, this is getting over the top. I mean, it did do that like once or twice, but like for the amount of emo talking he does, I think Alpagate does a good job of keeping it fresh every time. And like, mm-hmm. yeah. I just, I, I just think those parts are really well done. I think every time it was kind of his dialogue was like a response to stuff he saw, and he like dealt with those emotions in different ways each time. So it didn't get stale because of that. Yeah, uh, well, it makes sense. It was like you could tell that Tobias had like turbulent feelings about it. Like, you know, like sometimes he was like, "Oh man, bringing a hawk is really cool," and then other times he was like, "Man, this sucks." I read the first seventeen chapters of this last night, and the rest of it. Uh, today and when i finished the first 17 chapters i was like man i'm i like how much of this is just tobias being angsty and i think it'd be cool if just the whole book was that and it didn't end with some like super dramatic thing with explosions and lasers but i know it will and i feel like i'm gonna be disappointed by it but i i, I enjoy the these uh dramatic parts with tobias just talking about himself i would have liked the book better without the explosion laser part just because of all the other things i've mentioned about that before and how that made no sense uh yeah, I didn't like I, once I, when I started reading the second half of the book. I was like, "Man, this plan's dumb." But by the time I got to the end, 
I was like, yeah, that was fine. That, I, that was a good book. I I, book. To me, it just didn't really seem like Tobias had much of an arc. And I don't know if he's supposed to. Like, he didn't really come to a conclusion. And, like, that makes sense. Like, of course, he wouldn't come to a conclusion realistically in, like, what, a week? He was getting closer to, like, embracing the fact that he's both human and hawk. He's like, yeah, there's a human part of me that's sad. And there's a hawk part of me that, I don't know. Wants to eat rats. Wants to eat rats. Uh... I didn't like the part where he was like, I'm, I'm a hawk now, and he just starts living as a hawk. And then at the end, it's like a chapter where he's just like living as a hawk. And then, uh. I think it's cool how it like switches over, and it's like now the hawk brain is like, oh yeah, and then there's this Tobias guy who's also living in my brain. That's kind of weird. I like that. I didn't notice that. Tobias does normal hawk things and forgets about himself, himself for a few days, but then sees a hawk bajir chasing a human, and then like triumphant music plays, and he's like, <gasps> I'm Tobias. I'm a human boy, and but it's like there was one page, dude, of you being a hawk. Like, just calm down. No, it was like three days. Uh, I don't think that earned. part was earned, and I thought it was kind of cheap. Yeah, hard, really? but like I don't know. Then it was followed by a scene of him talking to Rachel, and all of those scenes where he talked to Rachel were golden. I love their chemistry together. I I didn't I didn't like how Rachel Tobias flat goes to Rachel's house, and then he's like. Oh yeah, I talked to that human and basically told them, told told that person, told that human everything and helped them escape from like the running T Rex monster, and I like them like thanks Applegate for putting that scene off screen. I that would have been cool. Oh really? Well, yeah. Remember? So I thought you were gonna say you thought it was dumb how he told all, but yeah, I thought I like that he told somebody else about it. Yeah, I mean, it, was, well, it didn't occur to me that he, Applegate could have just showed that. I think she thought that it would have been like superfluous because you know she's just she, she you know that she he's just gonna tell rachel about it afterwards so might as well just keep the dialogue no tobias could have they could have done a whole thing with it like it could have been like to talking to a human to and who's like not an animorph tobias could have realized something about himself and kind of reconnected with what it was like to be a human who's not an animorph just with, by talking to a human who's, who's who isn't an animorph and trying to communicate to them and it seems like it just kind of seems like telling somebody telling a random person about your whole identity and helping them get away from the Yerks is like a kind of a big deal. So I think, I think Applegate would have really played up the whole, um, Oh, what? I'm talking to a bird. What? I can't <laughs> believe anything this bird says. Cause it's a bird. And then it like, it would have just dragged on. I don't like trust that. birds. One time a bird stole my beer. <laughs> What's up yeah, with these birds? So I, I mean, I'm kind of grateful that that crap wasn't in it. But actually, yeah, I didn't think about what you just said. I think it would have been cool, like, to see him reconnect with another human, and you know, like, they, it could have helped with his arc. Yeah, exactly. I like that it described, like, at first, it's like, oh yeah, I was just chilling as a hawk, and then I I saw this predator attacking its prey, and it was beautiful to watch. You don't realize that it's a human and attacks are until he's like, wait a minute, that's a human. This is not normal. Yeah. Should do something. Yeah, that was good. I like the part where Tobias is like, I, you know, it's not good for me to kill rats in the woods or whatever. And then Rachel says, I don't remember actually what the context of this is, but Rachel's like talking to Tobias and she says, the Yerks and their slaves aren't killing to eat. They're killing to control and dominate. Killing because it's the only way you can eat, because that's the way nature designed you. That's one thing. Killing because you want power or control is evil. I guess you're right, I said. I hadn't thought about it that way. What you did, eating, you know, whatever, well, that's natural for the hawk. Nothing a hork pajir does is natural. They aren't even in control of their own bodies or minds. They are tools of the Yerks, and the Yerks only want power and domination. Yeah, see? That passage was beautiful. That's why I love this book. Rachel's good at helping people with their feelings. I think that was Cassie's job, though. 
uh isn't rachel the one who like sneaked into uh the house and like was a catch and like yeah feel better as a catch that's true but like the book was setting up rachel to be like the stuck up one and then and then like cassie to be the one who's like oh peacemaker let me bring people together yeah i I didn't see that no that's what the first book was setting up I didn't interpret Rachel was stuck up in the first book, though. It kind of made it sound like that, that way, just by describing her as like a mall rat who cares about fashion and stuff. And then you're like, oh boy, she's a stuck up one. Rachel described Cassie as, oh man, she's way too casual. She doesn't care anything about fashion. Cassie would probably oh, yeah. go to a wedding in overall if no one stopped her. Man, I can't believe Cassie. Yeah. Kind of stuck up yeah. in that sense. Yes. I didn't see that as complaint. I didn't see that as. I just, I just saw like you know, Cassie's a son of God. Cassie's a mystical <laughs> one. She's the one who's in t- in tune with her emotions. That's why I thought the book was going, but no. So far, Cassie has not been developed at all, and I'm kind of disappointed. Cassie's the one who's pretty when she morphs. That's Cassie's character. No, that's oh my gosh. Cassie only hasn't been developed because she hasn't narrated a book yet. I guess so. I, well, maybe the first, maybe the, maybe, maybe we only think of Cassie this way is because the first book was like that and that was narrated by Jake and he was all, he had the hots for her. Okay, yeah. Can we talk about Jake and Cassie's relationship and how bogus it is? What? They like, there's like three times in the book where they like touch each other and it's like, oh, Cassie patted me on the shoulder. Oh, sexual tension. But it was <laughs> the fakest thing ever. It was so fake and so stupid. It's so forced. What? Shut up. We already have. Rachel and Tobias, we don't need another couple in here yet. All of the chemistry with Jake is between Tim and Marco. That's their dynamic. I didn't get any of the sexual tension that you saw. That was me exaggerating, but you know, it's... Okay, let me read this. I saw Cassie and Jake touch their hands together in a way that could have almost been accidental. What does that sentence even mean? Well, it didn't say that they like, looked at each other and blushed. That was just Tobias saying something, I guess. I don't know. That's how it is. That's how it is in real life. No, it's like it's like they somebody patted somebody else on their shoulder and something something dumb like that that was like totally friendship. But then they're like, oh, they like each other. Oh, they oh they were embarrassed and they're like, uh. Also, if Cassie's so in tune with her emotion, why is she just being like, uh, Jake, uh? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I don't remember this. Remember that? Remember that? Remember that? Remember when they were, they shoot Applegate filled up a whole chapter of Cassie just moaning Jake's name, and Tobias was really uncomfortable because he was a hawk and he had super hawk hearing, and he was the only one who could hear it. Remember that that scene? That was <laughs> that I read. That was at an end of the reprint. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, stop trying to force it. I want to see Applegate try to pull the same thing that Stranger Things Season 3 pulled off, where every single character has to be in a relationship. I mean, that's just how, like, melodramatic shows about dumb kids is. This is about aliens! Kids think if they're not in a relationship, they'll die. One note I have related to uh, how she just copies and pastes, like, notes about the characters is Tobias was, like, describing Marco, and he's like, ah, blah, 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 Marco, his mom drowned a few years ago, blah, 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 blah. He's just like, kind of casually said that his mom drowned. I thought that was weird. <laughs> he, he didn't even know her, you know. And that was just like the story was that she drowned, but the body wasn't found. The only thing Tobias knows about Marco's mom is that she drowned. So that's all he has to go off of, of her character. Or to say she that's- died, I don't know. She's not, I don't know. Yeah, maybe it wouldn't have been weird for like an adult book, but I mean, I mean, for a kid's book, they're just like, yep, 
death is a thing. I think it makes sense to say she drowned. If you say she died, then if you say she drowned, it's like you know that it was a sudden death, and that's how it affected him. Like he didn't deal with her being sick for years or something. He dealt with her suddenly going out one day and not coming back. But that like wasn't a detail that was important at the time, and he didn't like explain it like that. Well, maybe Applegate wanted to get that out there real quick so that she could do some stuff with Marco later, and we wouldn't have to explain it. I don't know. It just seemed like bad, like setting up to me. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of bad setting up in these books. That is true. I don't think so. I think the setting up is great, and the execution just falls flat sometimes. I thought the setting up for the whole like ending scene where they like get sucked up in the tube was awful, and then I thought the execution was fine. Like once it actually happened, I was like, yeah, that wasn't that bad. It was just a dumb plan. Yeah, sure. Um, I thought I was I was a little upset there because I thought they were going to actually do some stuff when they went in the ship, and I'd be like, "Oh man, why do we have to be Tobias? He doesn't know what's going on." It'd be cool to see the to be the other guys and see what the inside of the ship is like. But then, like, they didn't have a fun adventure, and I thought that was kind of cool that they like they're like, "Oh, we we can't we can't see." Okay, and I was like, "Okay, now I don't feel like I missed anything by looking at it through Tobias's eyes because I couldn't even see anything anyway." Yeah, these they kids got the have same information. Nothing. They've accomplished nothing in three books. They blew up a giant ship. Do you know how much how many resources the Yurks used to build that ship? Like probably a lot. It's huge, and they need and they were obviously needed it because they were using it to fill up on water and stuff. Yeah, I guess. It's it, that was. I think today was an accomplishment. I mean, this book was an accomplishment. It was dumb. They didn't act like it was an accomplishment. They're just like, "Oh, good, we didn't die." Right. Yeah. It shouldn't have happened, but I mean, I think a co- I think a consistent theme of this of these books is that the animorphs like it's a lot. Their plans end up they end up barely escaping alive, you know. And it's I think it's hard for I think it's hard for for them to feel like we yay we did it when they're barely escaping alive. Yeah, and that's a good thing too. I don't like how I like how they're not like oh yay we did it after every single thing. We did it. We did it. That's gonna make it. That's gonna make it. It's going to make it like really impactful when they do actually do it. Cause then they're like, Oh, we worked so hard and we had a bunch of stupid plans. And we barely escaped with our lives like 50 different times, but Hey, we finally did it. That's true. Mm-hmm. It gets tiring really fast to me. It's like, okay, whatever they meet Fisher three and then he chases them and then they're blasting off again. And then that's if it, like, instead of like having, no, a- that's what I'm saying. It's way less tiring than any other kind of series like this. Like, okay, okay, I keep comparing it to Kirby. And Kirby, he freaking kills the same... He kills the monster every single time. He does the same single thing every time. He absorbs one of the monster's things. And then he, like, becomes Spike Kirby or, like, Slug Kirby or whatever. And he kills the monster and everybody's like, yeah, 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 yeah. And they party for, like, days. But it's like, he does this every single time! Why are you so happy? The Animorphs does have tension because you know that they can actually fail and that there are actually stakes. What about Kirby? Kirby's never gonna die. They escape for no reason every time. They like fall and then they're blasting off again and then just I get I'm already tired of it. Okay, Mr. Okay, only let's only have three books and let's have all of the characters die as fish in this one. Why not? Tobias is a hawk. The first one was fine because Tobias turned into a hawk and something happened. But every single book, he they they set up this like impossible situation. Like, okay, they're gonna die. How they gonna get out of it? And then some dumb fluke happens, and then they happen to escape, and it doesn't make sense, and I get tired of it. It makes sense. Every single ending of these books just seems like lazy, like shove off the side the whole conflict that was all set up, and just like go under the rug and say, okay, whatever, they they escape, done. That's not what happened at all. I think that's what happened in this book because of the whole like the Yurks only have one type of weapon thing, and that's the only reason why any of this worked. 
but that's all of it. Is. The last book was great. I thought the last book, like I thought the last book was very realistic how they accomplished stuff. Hey, anything that the last book did that this book didn't. The enemies have guns that vaporize people. How are they escaping every single time? There's no way. Because because the ship was freaking exploding. Everybody was like, oh my gosh, we gotta get the ship to like to steer. We can't pay attention to the water falling out of the back. You know, that's the least of our problems. Nobody's paying attention to them, and nobody knows like what they're gonna turn into either, so that sounds plausible to me. Sure. How was Tobias able to steal someone's gun without getting shot? He was covering up his eyes, and then Tobias stole the gun from his hand because he was covering up his eyes. Only one person had a gun? No, everybody else did, but it happened too fast for them to shoot. If freaking Jake can run away as a tiger too fast for them to shoot, then freaking Tobias can fly away as a hawk too fast for them to shoot. People being really bad shots is just common in sci-fi, like Star Wars or whatever. Like, yeah. Do you know how hard it is to hit a freaking hawk? That's probably really hard. That's probably super hard. I just probably, feel like, like, he's like maneuvering all over the place. The language she uses to describe stuff when it gets hit by the gun. I imagine like in Half-Life 2 when you like hit the thing with like the, I forget what gun it is, but it's just like you instantly disappear and just sizzle away like the whole, like you shoot someone with it and the body immediately just disappears and turns into ash. And that's why I imagine it is. And it just, it, it seems risky to do anything about those guns, but maybe that's, I guess maybe that's not what they do based on what you guys are saying. So. I don't think that's what they do. I think the series would be a lot better if there were no vaporizing guns, laser guns. I think that would improve the series. All right, I'm not going to argue with that, I guess. I, I like this book about half as much as I liked the previous one, but I really liked the previous book. You guys are brain dead. Book two, the angst was amazing. The whole father section, it was perfect. This was just like, okay, whatever, he's a hawk. He's the father section only took like half the book, though. The other half was just them being stupid and being birds and being like, oh, let's just have fun all the time. Let's just let's just steal people's guns. Like, I, I think all three of the books have been pretty different because this one was a lot of Tobias just dealing with his internal feelings about being a hawk forever. And the, the, the second book, it had like drama and like angst in it, but it wasn't like specifically about the, the author of it. And I thought that was cool. I think it's cute when Tobias is all emo and he's like, man, I can't freaking, I can't go to the movies anymore. I can't go to the mall. I'm so sad. But then he's like, oh, wait, but I can, I can go to the carnival. I can just fly in for free and I can, I can go to concerts. Uh, it's cool. And then he gets happy. You know, like, I like that. Yeah, I really like that. I, I assume it'll be the next book or the fifth book. I'm interested to see what a book from the point of view of Marco will be like. Because like every time Marco talks in these books, it's like, oh yeah, and then everyone gave Marco a dirty look and got mad at him. It's <laughs> yeah. how Marco interprets what's happening. Like he's like, oh yeah, everyone thinks I'm really funny, and I keep saying this stuff. Like I'm, I'm curious, like what Marco thinks of his friends and what he. Oh, is- one part that I really liked that you just reminded me of is um, oh, when they're talking about the owl and Marco's like, oh, is that a friend of yours, Tobias? And then they're like, oh my gosh, Marco, it's that's so insensitive. Don't say that. And then Tobias is secretly like. Aw, uh, he still he still thinks of me as human enough that he can joke about me. Like he doesn't pity me the way the other people do. Like he he's still my friend. He still thinks of me as his friend and not like different because I'm a hawk. I really like that. I I, I like how Tobias was. Or there was another part where Tobias makes a joke. Let me see if I can find it. Yeah. Okay. So that's where they're in the cave, and Rachel says the cave is empty. Nothing in here but a couple of spiders and a scared mouse. I decided to try a joke. Chase him out here. I'm hungry. Only Marco laughed. The others all acted like I'd said something embarrassing. Yeah. Yeah, good old Marco. I just want to point out every instance of weird uh, wording when she's talking about tells. Uh, 
Because another another quote I have is a towel had just suddenly spurted from Casey's behind. <laughs> Cassie's behind. Um, <laughs> I like the word spurt. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Guys, fish fish anatomy is so different than human anatomy. Uh, do you have anything else to add? I was just thinking about that, like, cause, like, I don't know. I was thinking about my goldfish, and like their their anuses are like on the bottom. So for a human, that would translate to it being on the front, like on your belly. Just like how how would it do that? Uh, you just get rid of your legs, and then you sh- and, then, and then your hips rotate so that your anus is at the front. Ew. Yeah. I really like the description of Cassie turning into a fish because it was gross. I, I liked how it said that her her skin became like all hard and shiny. Wouldn't it be crazy if they had these if they described these morphs, but they also included descriptions of what was going on with their buttholes? I don't think anybody would just be looking at Ca- Cassie's butthole, though. I was staring at Cassie's butthole and I noticed. <laughs> <laughs> My wolf smell, I could smell her butthole, and it was moving from her back to her front. <laughs> yeah. I like how uh, Cassie uh, gives them a, t- a pep talk while they're trying to morph out of wolves. Yeah, that's cute that Cassie, like, morphs twice as fast, and she's like, come on, guys, you can do it. And she gives them a pep talk when they're trying to morph out of wolf form. She's like, come on, Jake, concentrate, focus, Rachel, bear down, girl, picture yourself, human, see yourself like you're looking in the mirror, fight the fear, Marco, yeah, you're fierce, boy, yeah, go, yeah, ha, yeah, get those hands and thumbs and opposable thumbs and fingers and uh, go, go, it's humans. I, she, I made up half of that, but I read the first half. That was part. beautiful. I couldn't even tell when you started ad-libbing. Okay, so I got pom-poms, like, two, four, six, eight, who do we appreciate? Humanity! And then I really like that Tobias is like, dang. And then he just, like, flies away, like, that's a that's a really good attention to detail. I like that Applegate, like, put that part in this book, but, like, not any of the other books previously. Probably not any from now on, but, you know, like... Here, let, let me read that part. I was happy for them. Really, I was. But I suddenly didn't want to be there. Suddenly, I desperately didn't want to be there. I felt an awful, gaping black hole open up all around me. I was sick. Sick with the feeling of being trapped. Trapped. Forever. I looked at my talons. They would never be feet again. I looked at my wing. It would never be an arm. It would never again end in a hand. I would never touch. I would never touch anything. Anyone. Again. I dropped from the branch and opened my wings. Yeah, that's a really great passage. I love that. Uh, this part was significant because it was they were trying to morph back when they had been in morph for like exactly two hours. Um, yeah, it was more difficult to morph back than usual. What, what did you guys think of when Rachel was like, "Oh no, it's okay, Tobias. When the Andalites come, they'll they'll have some kind of way to f- fix this, and they they'll be able to change you back into a human." I I won't comment on this because I know what happens. So I liked it. I was I, I was I liked it because yeah, it did give me hope. I, Guys, I, I really, I'm, I'm, I've come to accept Tobias as a hawk, but I, I still like really want him to change back into a human. These books are tragic, dude. They're tragic. They're not that tragic. They all didn't even die yet. All the main characters haven't died. Once the everyone dies, and the rest of the book is just well, once they have a book that says, "Hi, I'm Jake's mom. I'm mourning Jake today." I had a I, I, okay. I do agree with Stir a little bit in that I find it a little bit unbelievable that Tobias just freaking slices up this ship all crazy like with his ultra powerful Dracon beam, and then like they all it just conveniently cuts a hole through the ship and through the tank which allows the animorphs to all fall out and none of them just get horribly scraped up by the metal and die but you know 
that's, you know, convenience. What are you going to do? You know, it's a kid's book. It makes sense. And I think this series really succeeds in a lot of ways that other series fail. So I'm I'm going to I'm going to let it go for that one. It's a little bit of suspension of disbelief that I'm willing to do, although I didn't it's love this book. A bit of suspense of disbelief that I'm this willing to. This book had do. just a bit too much of that in there for me, like between the really really stupid plan and the and the to- the, the weapons that were all the same and, you know, all the things I've already mentioned. But Okay, wait. Question, how would you change the plan if you could? Have one person go up there instead of all of them, so that we could be like, all right, we'll check back within in with in with you, so that you know at least we won't all die. Jake goes up there, okay. he sees the grate, he turns into a flea, and then he, and then he's able to get past the grate, and then he's maybe even able to get where they wanted to go. Maybe he's able to do whatever it is they wanted to do himself, but at least he will be able to see what's going on. So then he'll come back somehow, and then he'll be like, yo, we all gotta acquire bug morphs, and then we all gotta do the thing I did, so that we know how we know what's going on, we know how to get up here and yeah i know they were saying like there's a time limit so i guess i still wouldn't have had all of them go i would have had one of them go and then maybe they would have been like he would have been like oh there's a great here uh everybody who's still out there go go acquire some bugs and then come come up and join me yeah that's a lot better i feel like this seems like a very obligatorish thing to do but like maybe she was running out of space yeah because they do a lot of this like oh let's scope out this thing oh wait this plan isn't gonna work let's just let's try to do something else they do a lot of that elsewhere in the other books. Should have more room for Tobias angst. Definitely, yeah. But none of that could have been. No, it was totally worth it. All yeah. the Tobias angst. Here's the thing about the endings of these books. Like, I feel like we, we know that they're not going to die in any of the books because they're not going to kill like a kid in a, a main character in a kid's book. But I, I feel like we never know exactly what's going to happen. It's like. I feel like every book, I wasn't sure exactly. Like, I, I assumed they weren't going to die, but I didn't know what was going to... Like, you know, the first book, Tobias turned into a hawk. So it's like, well, anything could happen if he's a hawk now. Like, I don't know. Maybe they're, maybe one of them is going to get captured. And then he's they live with, like, the Yurks now. Like, I don't... I've, it's. I feel like we know they're not going to die, but it's not too predictable to where it's stale. Like, That's where the tension comes from. There's so many different ways that they could get out of whatever predicament they're in. Yeah. And that's not something I see in a lot of other kids' media. And they do make progress. Like, they find out more about the Yurks each time. Like, they found out a lot about the Yurks last time. I mean, they did, I guess they didn't find out that much this time, but they did destroy a ship, so that's something. They just they did something. They found out they, that the Yurks have ships that are just hovering above the Earth that they didn't know existed before. Yeah, they yeah. just they find out things. So it's like, you know, it's, a, it's, it's, it's the long game. It's crazy that these books, but there's like 60 of them over the span of like five years. Yeah. Only five years? Yeah. Geez, she must have been it, cranking them out. It ran from, yeah, it ran from 1996 to 2001, I think. Hey, uh, Sto, do you have anything to say about them mentioning Doom? That was, well, that's like the first like, name of a game they mentioned that it wasn't made up, was Doom. Yeah. I think uh, the title of this book made no sense, uh, like, like many of the titles do, but not make sense. If I were to name this book, I would have called it The Call. Because it was like the call of the wild, reference to the call of the wild. Because Tobias is like, you know, he has this call, he has these instincts, Hawk instincts that he's resisting or giving into at any given moment. I thought that would have been a better name, but obviously nobody puts any thought into these titles. So I feel like they just come up with the titles before they even write the freaking books. Do the book titles get better as the series goes on? Because I feel like these first five nope. books, they all kind of no. like, oh yeah, Alien Encounter, Alien, whatever the books are called. No, no, they do not. There's a book called The Prophecy, and there's no prophecy in it. <laughs> hey, uh, who's on the cover of this book? 
Tobias. Oh, yeah, because Tobias is blonde in the freaking description of him, but no, he's dark-haired now. Marco. I think it's Marco. <laughs> no, he said it's Tobias. It's gotta be Tobias. The first cover was Jake, the second one was Rachel, this one's gotta be Tobias. No, it doesn't. Marco doesn't even have a hawk morph. He morphs a bald birds. eagle. That's all not a bald eagle. All birds are the same. No. You can't read this book if you think that all birds are the same. Tope, you know how mad Tope you have you heard that? Word on the cover. It's Marco. Look. Are, are you saying all the hair colors are the same? Are you saying, like, blonde hair is the same as long dark hair? That's definitely Marco. I'm just thinking that the... Okay. When I, like, read Tobias's character, I just always imagined him with dark hair, so maybe that's what the cover artist person would do. I just... I can't see Tobias as a blonde. I'm sorry. But it says he's blonde it's five it. times. Okay, but he's just, he just seems like a dark, brooding kind of guy. It's more likely. The, the, the idea that the, the cover artist forgot the, what Tobias looks like, even though it says it like in the first page, or that he forgot what kind of bird Marco can morph into. I don't think they care about what type of bird Marco is. They, they definitely do. Uh, but, but listen, they... It's Tobias, okay? That's 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 the that's the formula of these books. The person on the cover is the one who's narrating, so it is Tobias. Huh. That settles that. I guess they just couldn't find like a child who had blonde hair, so they're just like, hey, you'll do. They couldn't find a child who had blonde hair. These are the same cover artists who have them morphing from like a jean jacket into an animal, so that's that's happening on this page, yeah. Yeah, so this is not that's not <laughs> these aren't accurate. And also I think it was said Tobias had dirty blonde hair, I think, so you might be able to... No, that's definitely very dark hair. So yeah, uh, Doom. Uh, they, they they mentioned playing Doom with like a, 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 a joystick, which seems like it'd be really hard. I mean, I know they had settings for that. I guess in the 90s, the mouse wasn't as popular, but... Tobias said joysticks and control pads aren't made for talents. There was, there was uh, like a SNES version of Doom at this point, and also one for a Sega system. So, and one of them has a Sega, according to like the first book. Oh, Jake has a Sega. Yeah. Yeah. So I guess he was playing Doom on a Sega 32X. But I don't know why he said he could be a major competition in Doom because Doom is not a multiplayer game that you compete in. Are you kidding? Yeah, it is. Is it? Yeah, there's a Doom deathmatch. That was a big deal. Was it on the 32X Sega? No, but it was like. People play Doom online multiplayer. Okay, so I guess there's nothing wrong with how they describe Doom because it did have control pads. Did they have the internet when these books were written? Yeah, they did. No, not really. I mean, okay, well, actually, there's a book later that's about the internet, so yes. I can open up the internet archive and go to websites from, like, 1996. Okay. Um, They used to... Wow, I bet we sound so young right now. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, Tobias keeps talking about there being colors and stuff, but I didn't know they had color in the nineties. Um, I like the ending of this book where he goes, "You you know now why I can't tell you my last name or where I live, but someday you may look up in the sky and see the silhouette of a large bird of prey, some large bird with a rending beak and sharp tearing talons, some bird with vast wings outstretched to the ride the thermals. Be happy for me and for all those who fly free, f- who fly free for all who fly free." I thought that was a great ending line. When I was when when I was like a kid, I was like looking up. I would look up at the sky and I'd see red-tailed hawks, and I'd be like, "Who's that, Tobias?" 
Yeah, I would like to, it's beautiful. I would, like do, I would like do signals. I would actually like maybe it is. I, I guess. I mean, I guess I'd be like, it won't hurt to like see if it is because I, I would like wave at it or something. This book has another part where it's like, oh man, I wanted to say blah blah blah, but I didn't. Yeah, and that annoys me every single time it happens for some reason. You mean where they like, keep secrets from each other? We're, 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 no, 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 no. When it's specifically like, oh yeah, uh, uh, I'll read the quote. Right then I had a powerful urge to shock the evil monster and say, guess what, creep? Not an Andalite at all. The name is Tobias. <laughs> I like that line. It was cheesy and it was cute. It was a cool line. I'm just tired of every single book. It's like, oh yeah, I wanted to say this, but I didn't say it. They, they did that like once per book, dude. Yeah, it's just annoying. I don't know. It's a lot. Yeah, that's 64 times. It was twice in the first book, I think. Who got um, favorite lines from this book? I have a bunch. Basically everything Tobias says. Look at this first line. My name is Tobias, a freak of nature, one of a kind. Like, who introduces uh-huh. himself like that? I think it's cute. I guess I was a dweeb. Kind of. Big, but not big enough to keep from getting picked on. And Tobias forgets what he looks like. Oh my gosh, it's so... So sad. What color were my eyes? What color were my eyes? I care about that. Like I, I could figure my eye color, and I wouldn't mind. Well, you're not a hawk. You're not stuck as a hawk and away from everybody you love. My favorite section was when he was off living his hawk life, and I was like, okay, cool. He's having hawk fun now. This is great. And then he goes back to whining. But just, just eat the rats and be a hawk and be happy. Whatever. Save the world sometimes. Point something about eating rats. I assumed that. Tobias had already like eaten a couple of rats in the f- other book. I was like really surprised when I found out that he he was just like living in Jake's attic and eating hamburger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like, oh, that that's a thing. They, they didn't mention that in the past two books at all. Yeah, I was surprised. I, I was surprised about that too. And I like I like how but I, but I liked how it was an excuse to say like, oh man, the like Jake had set up like a comfy bed for him, but it didn't really work because these hawks don't like comfy things and. He couldn't eat like half of the food that Jake gave him because he couldn't eat vegetables anymore. And I like that. I like that it was like an excuse to put that in there. So it was like you know more ways that his life has changed and he can't have things that made him once made him once were nice but aren't anymore. Yeah, I think a lot of this book was just Jake accepting his hawkness because like Tobias. Rachel says like yeah sorry Tobias like Tobias except like Rachel says like Tobias it's okay to like eat hawk things that's what hawk does like it's okay you don't have to worry about that much uh i I hope that eventually he's like yeah i'm a hawk i eat hawk things but i'm still human and he's able to accept that in the future personally i really began to accept tobias as a hawk in this book i think i said that already and it was already kind of weird like in the first couple books i was like man i can't believe tobias is already a freaking hawk like i thought that was gonna be like a whole arc thing and then i I think and then there i was like oh but he's a hawk but a hawk is not going to be helpful in every situation like he can't turn into a fish what if they have to become squids or something like he's he's going to be like so not helpful in a lot of situations but now i'm like yeah i'm okay with Tobias being a hawk now i don't yeah. know i think my favorite quote was a wolf or a hawk with a watch looks slightly suspicious <laughs> yeah that was a good one it looks slightly suspicious would a hawk wear a watch on his wing or on his feet? Feet. Feet. It's not like big enough for a hawk feet. Watches are What? How wide. do you think? Uh, how? How big do you think a hawk foot is? They're chicken feet, aren't they? Uh, they're bigger. 
Well, look, you could, I mean, you could easily like cut, cut the strap and just tie it around his leg. That's a non, that's a non-issue. Would he be able to see it like that though? Like easily? Yeah. You could just land on something and hold your foot up in front of you. Why are we talking There's... about this? This is a dumb question. Tobias could easily wear a watch of some kind and they could somehow make it look like a tag, like that a scientist would put on a, a hawk. Dude, when it said that like Rachel gave Tobias a little sack with like stuff in it, I thought it was gonna have like a picture of him in it. What? Oh, well, nobody took a picture of Tobias because nobody cared about him. Oh, Rachel has one. Does she? Yeah, yeah, she a- does. She shows it to him, and it's like this really cool emotional scene. Oh. Just, he's like, "Oh, I don't even know what I look like as a human anymore." She's like, "Oh, I have this picture of you," and he's like, "Oh my gosh, that's me!" And it's oh, like the cutest thing ever. Okay, I didn't remember that part. I like Rachel and Tobias. Oh, wait, I, I'm so shipping Rachel and Tobias right now. Actually, I ship Tobias with me, not gonna lie. <laughs> Tobias is great. You can't turn into a hawk, though. Yeah, that's true. How, did, did it say how high the ship was? Like 7,000 feet? I think it said, I think it said they, when the, the, a hole was blown in the ship, they dropped 700 feet. That, that was after the ship fell a little, a little bit and landed in a helicopter. So, unless I remember it wrong, I think it was at least 700 feet in the air. Okay, well, this article says that falling 10,000 feet takes, like, less like less than a, than a minute and a half. Uh, but, like, in on page 16, it says uh, it had taken about two minutes. Cassie was now a wolf. And Cassie is the fastest morpher by far, and it took her two minutes so there's, I get, like, there, there's no way they would have been able to morph while in the sky while terrified turning into a bird is faster next question it's the first time she morphed a wolf maybe it takes it doesn't take them as long when they've turned into birds like a bunch of times already and also maybe maybe like when they were hi- half birds uh, they were like falling slower because they had their wings out and stuff and maybe since there was, it said there was like a waterfall coming out of it because like all the water came out so maybe maybe they're like swimming up the waterfall <laughs> No, <laughs> I don't think that's possible. That's how Minecraft no. works. <laughs> no, they were, and uh, also Toba, and also they were like super stressed, you know, super stressed. That's that's how you learn new things. You gotta do it fast, 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 fast. Uh, and whereas to- I think Cassie was like taking it slow because she was morphing a wolf for the first time, and she was in the safety of, the, the, you know, near their homes and everything. Whereas these guys were like, okay, time to go. I don't have time to look like the furries. Yeah, see, like five five good reasons. I feel like talking about this has like excused some of my problems with it. Like you explain stuff, I'm like, yeah, that makes sense, I guess. Yeah, I think I did like the second book more partially because it had more different settings and stuff that actually happened that I didn't think was dumb. Because I, I really liked the I liked the writing of this book, and uh, I liked the first half a lot, but the second half was entirely. Like the the action sequence of this book was a lot longer than the second book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it, this book was very good. I think I'm keeping it at a meh for me, but I understand why you guys like it. I liked when Tobias said, uh, "I would have laughed if it weren't so serious." I mean, come on, how many kids have to worry about all their friends becoming fish? Actually, that was one of the few lines I thought was kind of dumb. It was so funny. That reminds me of this other thing. He says, I would have smiled if I'd had a mouth. You have a mouth. You just don't have lips. 
Yeah, you don't, I mean, why don't, that's just, I thought that was just really odd wording. Like, I saw that in a previous book where they were like, I, Tobias didn't have a mouth, and I was like, I thought that was just a mistake, but then they mentioned it again. Well, it's not, it's not a human mouth, it's a beak. It's still a mouth. It's just say, saying you don't have a mouth sounds like you can't, you don't have an orifice through which you can eat food. I looked up the definition of mouth, and it says the opening in the lower part of the human face. What, do animals not have mouths? Well, you don't look at a bird and think, yeah, that's a mouth. You think that's a beak. So it's just their, their, their gut reaction is it is a beak. Okay, but if, if, if we had put an ounce of more thought into it, she would have been like, yeah, but a beak is a mouth. Well, yeah, but the kids aren't going to do that. It's just weird to me that he said he doesn't have a mouth. Like, I would rather he said if I could, if I was capable of smiling. I feel like we can excuse a lot of this book by just saying, like, yeah, it's written by kids. Kids say dumb things, whatever. You mean written for, <laughs> for kids? No, no, no. In, in, in canon, it's written by kids. Okay, sure. Oh, all right. Uh, Merriam-Webster defines mouth as the natural opening through which food passes into the body of an animal and which in vertebrates is typically bounded externally by the lips and internally by the pharynx and encloses the tongue, gums, and teeth. You were just looking at a stupid person dictionary, Buster. I was looking at Google. It's a dumb dictionary. Use Merriam-Webster. It's always the best. I liked when someone said, remember, just act like wolves. And then Marco said, so if anyone sees the three little pigs, don't forget to huff and puff. <laughs> I thought that was a good line. I thought that was really funny. Yeah. I like when they're like, oh, quick, Jake, pee on something. It looked natural. <laughs> oh, God. Good thing you brought that up because, th- oh my gosh, the peeing part was so weird. I mean, that's how it is. If you have a dog, it's weird. Animals are weird, man. Okay, it's not weird that he's doing it. It's weird that they're like, that this is like a substantial part of the plot. And they're like, all watching him when he pees. They're like, oh, no, Jake's going to go pee on something. And that's just going to be like really awkward for the rest of them to watch. Yeah, it is. There's a lot of awkward stuff in these books. But they're like, oh, no, oh, no. It, this is, th- th- she plays it like, oh, th- it's just taking up a lot of time. Oh, no, they're, they're making fun of him for it. I mean, he did it, like, so many times, they just had to get used to it by that point. They're not going to tell him to stop peeing, you know? I just think it's weird that she devoted such a big passage to Jake peeing. Yeah, that was all of Chapter 7 was Jake peeing as a wolf. And and it was weird that, like, Marco was like, oh, I don't want to be a girl wolf. I just thought it was funny that Jake and Marco were were fighting over who gets to be the boy wolf, and then the boy wolf had to pee on everything. And I was just thinking, man, it's almost almost like maybe you all should have been female so that you didn't have to wait for someone to pee on all this stuff. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I have. Does anyone have anything else to say? I have a discussion question for everyone except to be natural. Um, How do you think the series is going to end? Like, what do you think is going to happen? After 60 books of just them tirelessly doing this crap and not making any progress, one day they just screw up and they all die. The end. And then the last book is going to say, my name is K.A. Appledate. That's my last name. <laughs> I wrote The Animorphs. It's a children's fiction series about books that turn into animals. I mean... Books that turn into animals. That's pretty cool. It's, it's, a, it's a children's <laughs> fantasy series, fancy sci-fi series about kids who turn into animals. This book you're holding in your hand right now is capable of turning into a red-tailed hawk and will do so as soon as you're finished reading this sentence. Anyway, I, I just think that the very last book will explain how 60-something books or 50-something books about like journaling these experiences ended up being written. So it's going to be like, oh yeah, then we sat down and wrote everything. That is such an Applegate thing to do. I can already feel it. Do you think like a second to last book is just going to be like a, a normal regular book then, and then the last book is just we're never going to get any closure? 
No, I think I think the last book stuff will be wrapped up. Oh, are you saying like they'll stop part way through and they'll be like, okay, hopefully we'll defeat the Yerks next time. But this is how, where the now you've completely caught up to the journals. P.S. We're still fighting the Yerks. I don't know what's going to happen next, but like Alboyate's sick of recording all this shit for us, so you know. Yeah, one thing I haven't thought about is like, why are they writing the? I guess to like get the word out, but like, why why are all five of them writing these books? Why aren't they like collaborating on it? You know, it's just like you know. I guess they're like, okay, you you write about that day. I write about this day. Like, I like that the main characters are the narrators. Um, and it's in the canon. It's a book that they're writing. We don't know that if it's in the canon though. Well, it says, Jake says, like, oh, yeah, I'm writing this to, like, let people know or something like that. Does he? I think. I don't know. I don't remember that. I, I always thought, I, I just think of it as, like, their thought processes, because how the hell is Tobias writing this down? Yeah, how the heck is Tobias writing this down? At the end, the Analytes come back, and it's like, oh, hey, Tobias, you, you're a human now. Um, hey, Stir, would you, would you please read your haiku? Uh, it's excellent. Oh, my chapter seven haiku? Mm-hmm. I mean, I have like 24 of them, so... Wow. So you've actually been writing haikus for every single chapter of every book. Yeah, yeah, that's what I said. I thought that was a joke, dude. No, I, no, I did it, yeah. Uh, every, well, I just wanted to make sure I was taking like enough notes, but not too many notes. So I just said, okay, 17 syllables, three lines, five, seven, five, respectively, you know. Well, I do that for the next episode, then. You should just read all of them. Uh, Mustard uh, said that he just like put in a clip of me reading all of them. Maybe he'll he'll probably take some out because some of them are just kind of... I think that would be like a good idea, if, a good way to start every episode, though. To start every episode? Poetry reading is not a good way to draw people into a podcast. It would be a good replacement for the um, summary because I think you did a good job with the summary this time, but you know, like it's very freeform and it's very easy to like just go off on tangents if you, especially if you don't have it planned out already. I don't think one haiku per chapter like shows the plot adequately, though. Yeah, it doesn't. I just I think it would be a good thing to read at the end or just read the ones that he likes at the end. And this chapter seven haiku is not representative of what happens in chapter seven completely. Chapter seven, Jake. How many more times are you going to pee? Yow, yow, woo, woo, woo. How was my reading? I'm not very good at reading poetry. Excellent. Excellent, great, good. Do you have a joke, Buster? Uh, usually we sign off and then do the joke, I think. Oh, I need to get the joke book. No, I, I actually peeped with this joke. Uh, like last week. But I think I forgot what it was. You may not answer it either way. It's just between me and Batter to guess it. Oh yeah, uh, I'm Be Natural. I'm Batter, goodbye. I mustard. So long, good night. I'm Stir. That that's it. How do bees get to school? On the buzz. The buzz. On the buzz. Yeah, on a school buzz. We should all edit in everyone laughing after he's as soon as he says. <laughs> so okay, so everyone take turns laughing. Hey, I'm not actually laughing at the joke. I'm just laughing at be natural laugh. By the way, thank yeah, you. Okay, editor, w after you read the joke, edit it in everyone laughing at the same time. Uh, Batter, your turn. Just do do a big laugh, and he'll throw it on top of be naturals. I'm not doing that. Bye. Do it. <laughs> Podcast is over. Bye. Hi. Hi. Before we start recording, I want to record like 
uh, advertising like the Twitter and whatever. I don't know. I need a cure for my raging hemorrhoids, and I have a feeling that the Animorphs podcast Twitter will be the answer. And you're right. I can testify. It is the answer. Our official Twitter page. That's right. It's www.twitter.com slash AABC podcast. It's AABC podcast, because that's an Animorphs book club podcast. AABC podcast. That's right. That's twitter.com. T-W-I-T-T-E-R dot com slash A-A-B-C podcast. That's twitter.com slash A-A-B-C P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Goodbye. I don't know how you're watching this, but, you know, it's on Apple Podcasts. It'll probably be on Google Podcasts. You can, uh, it's on YouTube. The YouTube videos, they have little pictures sometimes on the screen. Not that often, though, but each video has at least one picture on the screen about something we're talking about. Each video has at least one Jonathan Rand. Yeah, each video has at least one Jonathan Rand. At the very least. Yo, also, yo, you can join our Discord server. It's the server we use to record, and we post all our notes and stuff, and I post my notes while I'm editing, and you can, like, see all the stuff behind the scenes like three weeks before the episodes come out no one wants to see the editing process and you can talk to us about animals just don't spoil it you know you can talk to us we post occasional fan art too you can also email us at aabc podcast at gmail.com bye bye love you i already said bye that's just gonna be the ad we don't need to say bye again screw that bye